millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello everyone, Poker and Politics here. Uh, today I'll be talking about my crazy adventure that I had on Monday. Uh, the latest Q drop that was terrible. Uh, people commenting on my previous uh, podcast and how me getting angry is a good thing. Uh, all that kind of good stuff. I uh, wanted to bring up that Tua uh, Tuilosova. Oh God, I can't even know. <laughs> I know how to say that name and I couldn't even do it. Uh, but they upped their uh, donation level on the Patreon and they became the second member of the George Club. So I appreciate that incredibly, incredibly much. Thank you for taking care of your dealers. I had a bunch of other people... Uh, join the Patreon this week. I will try to get my pudding brain to work properly so I can properly thank all of you. Uh, it means the world to me that people are helping me out on this. Uh, I'm just I'm just doing what I can uh, to be engaging on Twitter and in these podcasts and just giving you guys good content about this terrible hell world that we're living in and the, the nightmare that is QAnon and all that good stuff. Uh, I had a friend of mine tell me, I hope Trump wins re-election so you can keep the content going. And I was like, no, 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 no. I am the Von Meyer of uh, this. I want my uh, cash cow, as it were, to uh, go down in flames very hard, very fast. Um, I don't think that this ends either if Trump loses. Not in a million years do I think this actually ends if Trump loses. Uh, it will just uh, change. It will transform it will become something new and horrible and bad uh if you don't know who von meyer is uh basically he impersonated john f kennedy uh because after uh during world war ii there was kind of a proviso no one actually said it because it would probably violate the first amendment and all that good stuff but people were like hey don't imitate fdr on the radio because that could fuck shit up if some guy impersonating FDR was like, the Nazis just landed in Boston and they're invading Massachusetts. That could lead to a lot of shit. That could be a really bad thing. So the press was just kind of like, okay, even though we do have like our First Amendment right to impersonate FDR on the radio, we're not going to do it. 
and then Truman kind of got the same kid glove treatment, and then Eisenhower was president, and no one really thought to do a parody of Ike, because he was the general. He was a serious dude. And then JFK got into office, and JFK's whole thing was that he was young, charismatic, charming, effervescent. And Von Meyer did an impersonation of him and got really popular. He was like an honorary member of the Rat Pack for a while. And then one day, Von Meyer was getting into a cab, and some guy said, Hey, did you hear about Kennedy in Dallas? And he thought it was a joke, because he was so notorious for being the Kennedy impersonator guy. And then he found out that his career was ruined. And there's an alleged story that um, the night uh, after Kennedy had been assassinated, there was a uh, comedy show, and Lenny Bruce uh, got on stage and then really didn't know what to say, because... Everyone's just sad the president's been murdered, and then he just blurted out, well, Von Meyer's fucked, and he was. His career was ruined when Kennedy died, because no one wanted to be reminded of the dead president by the guy who impersonated him, so that was that. But yeah, please make me the Von Meyer of the uh, 2020s, as it were. Uh, Register to vote, bring a friend to vote, uh, vote, 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 get rid of uh, Donald Trump. I voted today, early voted. I voted for Ed Markey against uh, Joe Kennedy. Uh, Really, you cannot slide a sheet of paper between these two guys, but I just liked Ed, and I think that Kennedy is just running because his last name is Kennedy, and he's owed a Senate seat because that's how it works in Massachusetts. So I'm sticking with Ed. I made my my vote, uh, and that's that. Um... I was disheartened to see uh, Seth Moulton had uh, two people running against him who I'd never heard of. So my plan to primary Seth Moulton in 2022 uh, remains tenuous because I need to sneak in there when no one's looking. And I also need to make sure there's no actual opponent for me in the general election after I beat Seth via uh, a internet campaign against him. I will uh, flame out harder than Sargon of Akkad did in his uh, attempt to uh, seek a a seat in Parliament, as it were. But yes, Poker 2022 for Congress. I will be the I'll be the antidote to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and any other QAnon uh, nuts who get in. So uh, we shall be in that campaign shortly. But anyways. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was my adventure on Monday. Uh, I had a actual in-person interview with a publication about QAnon. And I went to Boston and uh, we talked. And it was just kind of really strange to have an actual reporter fly into town to talk to me, dude on the internet about this and uh, we went we hit all the notes like we could uh i i just god the imposter syndrome was just pouring through me as i was just so desperate to give this guy every crumb of information that i could to make him feel like it was worth his time to engage me like this and so we talked a bunch we really discussed all these things and then after this all happened um the funniest part of all of this was after the interview, they wanted me to get uh, photographed by a professional photographer. And so there I am getting photographed by this professional photographer. I'm basically a model, like, doing poses, where he's like, turn your head this way, uh, lower your head down that way. 
and I'm doing all this stuff. And uh, for those of you concerned about my anonymity, uh, I was uh, in full COVID slash hardcore poker player gear. I had a hat on, uh, sunglasses, and a face mask. So uh, I was as concealed as I could possibly be. And so I have this professional photographer doing all this stuff. And he's taking all these photos of me. And I'm being a model. I'm listening to his directions to turn my head this way, do this, do this. Let's walk over here where the light's a little different. And he was doing all this stuff. At one point, he uh, actually pulled out a uh, camera. Uh, he pulled out a giant lens and he uh, attached it to the camera. And he got ready to take a shot of me. And he had not taken the cap off the lens yet. And it kind of made me laugh and it made me relax because it very much humanized him because we're all... We're all just schlubs trying to get through life. We're all just doing stuff. And even this guy, as professional as he is, he's still capable of leaving the cap on the lens when he's going for a shot. And so, uh, and then he realized it and he ripped the lens off, he ripped the cap off. And I said, that'll help the shot. And he said, doesn't matter how, how long I do this for. Doesn't matter. And that was just like this really nice, ice-breaking, light-hearted moment, and it made me just feel a lot better about the whole thing. So then he took a ton of photos of me, and while this was all happening, um, off to the side, away from us, there were these uh, young women, I would say early 20s or uh, late teens, and they were all posing, taking pictures, doing the stuff you do when you're a teenager. And I'm watching them, and it just made me laugh so much that you have uh, me, this masked-up schlub, having a professional photographer taking all these shots of me, when our society really values youth and beauty so much more than uh, middle-aged schlubs talking about internet death cults and how usually the photographer would be taking pictures of them and not me instead and they are reduced to just using a smartphone to take all the photos that they're taking of each other and that made me chuckle and then the photographer wanted to do like some quote-unquote action shots with me and the reporter. So me and the reporter, we stood in front of each other. We talked about our plans of, of how we're going to get out of Boston. He was talking about hitting this store, doing this, and getting on a plane and flying out of town. I talked about driving home, blah, 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 all that good stuff. He took a bunch of shots of us, and then the photographer was like, okay, I'm cool, I'm good. And the reporter was like, thanks so much for all of this. I'm going to get out of here. I'll hit you up with some follow-up questions later on, whatever I need. And I was like, no problem. I'm here for you. I want to make this work, so let's do this. And the reporter left one way, and the cameraman was just sort of standing there uh, working on his uh, suitcase full of gear and trying to put all of his stuff away so that he could then depart as well. And I was just standing there like a mope. And then I looked over and I saw that the reporter was now talking to the, uh, the, the women who had been uh, photographing each other previously. Um, and he was engaging them. And I was like, well, I'm going to go talk to them as well because I just, again, the dichotomy of me versus them was just so striking that I just wanted to say hi to them. 
And I, when I walked over to them, they immediately asked me if I had an Instagram page. And they thought that I was a famous person because I had a professional photographer taking photographs of me. I explained to them that I was not a famous person, but I was talking about uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, they asked me immediately what my favorite conspiracy theory was. And I just told them, well, my big thing is QAnon. And they didn't know what that was, which filled my heart with so much joy that people don't know about this terrible thing. I told them what it was about, and when I explained to them that Donald Trump was going to save the world, their, eye, their, their eyes could not have rolled any harder in the backs of their heads if they tried. They were so... They couldn't even, as, as the kids say these days. I can't even. They, 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 they ruled it out immediately. And then one of them asked me, uh, are we living in a simulation? And I was just like, man, that is such a deep question in a way, uh, because that's a, that talks about consciousness, it talks about what it means to understand the world and our, re and our reality and what that all means. And then I basically just said that it doesn't really matter if we're in a simulation or not, because we perceive what is going on around us to be real, so it's real to us. Because we have to abide by the rules of physics. If uh, my sunglasses fall off my head, they're going to land on the ground. Uh, like There's rules to this world. There's things that are dictated based off of our physical interactions with what we perceive to be reality. So it really doesn't matter if this is quote-unquote real or a simulation unless someone was capable of like pulling a Neo and breaking the simulation. Um... And then I just said, you know, I mean, the only thing that would really kind of change is if you died and then you found out that, oh, wait, I was just living in a simulation and I had this like separate, different life entirely beyond the one that I was living in in the simulation. But you're only going to find that out after you die. And as I told them, no one knows what happens to you after you die. And if anyone, and if they do say they do, they're lying because nobody knows. No one's come back to tell us. So, um... That was just really interesting. It was it was really really uh, bizarre to be the bell of the ball like that. It was very odd, and I just tried to represent uh, the debunker movement as best I possibly could, and uh, gave them as as good am amount of information and content as I possibly could in that situation. So. That was my Monday. That was what happened. And then I got home, and now I'm just sort of waiting on that to happen. I have a few other irons and a few other fires. We'll see how they all play out. But such is the life of somebody who is now being swept up in the maelstrom of people trying to catch up to what QAnon is and what it's doing to our world. Uh, the other thing I wanted to just bring up real quickly is I, I got some comments and feedback from people that were like, man, that last podcast was like really feisty. Like you were, you were pissed and you just brought it and it was cool. And I, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that people enjoyed my, my, my anger and my passion and, uh, and it was honest. And that's the main important thing about this is, is that I'm not going to go to that place, uh, artificially. I'm not going to generate anger in myself in a way to just sort of uh, jazz people up. I'm not going to do that because I don't think uh, being phony is good. 
it's not a good way to uh, present yourself and it's not a good way to be uh, honest with the people listening to you. The stuff that gets me mad gets me mad and I will tap into that when that happens, but I can't do it all the time or it becomes Boy Who Cried Wolf and it becomes my shtick. Oh, did you hear Poker's Angry Podcast? Which I don't want to be known exclusively for anger. I want to be known for knowing what I'm talking about. I want to be known for being articulate and uh, knowledgeable and hopefully funny and hopefully somewhat engaging. But uh, anger is good. And if I had anger all the time, you would get it all the time. But at this moment in my life, it is anger in moderation, really, for me. So that's the way I'm going to roll with this. I uh, hope you can respect my lack of inauthentic rage. I don't know. Um, but that's just something that was really really interesting to me that people brought that up. Because I knew when I was doing it that I was like really punchy that day. And I was just like, man, I am pissed. Uh, I hope this like doesn't like like rub people the wrong way or like alienate them in some way, shape, or form. But uh, it seems to have gone okay. The other thing that I was going to bring up real quick that was in my brain is Q, because Q is stupid and bad at their job. Did a Q drop about the goddamn DNC logo and how it's a pentagram if you rotate it to make it a pentagram? Which you can literally say about any five-sided star. Any five-pointed star, as I like to say on Twitter. Five-pointed stars are pentagrams if you just look at them at the right angle. I remember uh, Lady Gaga's Super Bowl halftime show. Some idiot actually uh, took a camera shot of the NFL shield at midfield. And the camera shot was uh, from the perspective that had the, the shield upside down. And because the NFL Shield has stars on it, they were like, look at these pentagrams on the field. And it's like, they're five-sided stars, and you're intentionally looking at them from a perspective of upside down. You are so fucking dishonest. And uh, as a quick aside, the Illuminati New World Order conspiracy theorist people were so pissed at that Lady Gaga uh, halftime show because they got nothing. All the dumb symbolism that they're obsessed with, all of the crap that she was supposed to do, she didn't give it to them. Uh, a few years previous to that, Katy Perry had given them all the symbolism. Oh, God, they loved Katy Perry. She was she was the whore of Babylon, I heard, in one uh, Super Bowl halftime review. I mean, her halftime show was just so crackling with Illuminati bullshit and sexuality and whatnot, will you, that, oh, holy smokes, where people... Just cranking out the content about what a demon-worshipping son of a bitch Miss Katy Perry is. Did you know she said she sold her soul to the devil? Oh, I mean, just, they they really, really get their rocks off hating Carrie, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. Uh, we need a Super Bowl halftime show with uh, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, and Beyonce, and, they would, and the world would explode. The world would literally end because uh, all the Illuminati people would be just out of their minds... And then the three of them would literally do no choreography, just stand in front of microphones and sing in the most boring uh, halftime show in the history of the world as a giant fuck you to all those uh, assholes. It'd be so great. For only me. I would be a target audience of one. And that would be really bad. But uh, this idiot star thing, which again, it takes work to get to it. 
you got to tilt the DNC logo 90 degrees, which you would only do because you're trying to find something to get offended by. Because you are looking at a fucking five-pointed star and trying to orientate it in such a way as to make yourself mad. And this is something that is so dumb and so pointless. There's no reason for Q to dip a toe into it. But because Jim Watkins has no idea what he's doing and is just a fucking cretin, he was like, well, I haven't posted in a few days and i got to do something. I mean, the RNC's going on. Let me look around the Twitter trons. Oh, look, this guy's talking about Satanism and the Democrat symbol. Boom, nailed it. Wow. I'm so good at being Q. And, I mean, think about the fact that Q didn't even touch the Wayfair story. Q didn't even go there. Jim Watkins, your lord and savior who can dictate everything, who can move the Q movement however he feels like via his dumb commentary on Aikun, was just like, meh, Wayfair, meh, why bother? The Wayfair scandal does not have the official Q seal of approval on it. Just think of how out of touch that is. I mean, seriously, that was like the biggest thing they've had in months. It was the most powerful mainstream media penetration of a conspiracy theory uh, until Marjorie Taylor Greene won her election and then really like brought Q into the fore. But you would have thought that Wayfair had been the easiest layup in the world for them to get some attention and notoriety for their dumb internet death cult. And Jim just couldn't be bothered. Couldn't roll out of bed for it. Wayfair. Wayfair schmayfair. What do I care? I mean, just really bizarre. But the DNC logo being a star? Oh, God. That. That's what the all-powerful Q needs to talk about. That's what's so important. Q has been so amazingly lazy these last two months. Q in July did not start posting until the 17th. After the 17th, he got off his ass and he put in some work. I mean, there was a bunch of Q drops. But he didn't bother posting anything for half the month. And then he took five days off from July 23rd to July 28th and made three posts of literal nothing on the 28th. And then... Uh, had his big screed on July 31st that everyone was like, oh my god, look, Q actually tried a little. And then he was like, oh, oh I'm so I'm so plug-tuckered out from that like one effort post. Again, I gotta take 17 days off and start posting again on August 17th. And then he took one more day off, because this is grueling work. Posting a few very short text messages on a, on a Chan board uh, full of psychopaths and grifters. And then he had three posts on the 19th, uh, two on the 20th, and then it took six days off because, I mean, again, you can't ask the super secret spy that's saving the world to actually put any time or effort into saving the world. And after the 20th, posted nothing until today when the dumb star Q-drop was what he cared about. I mean, just... Literally so ridiculous. And what's so funny about it is he's whining about darkness. Joe Biden's speech was about light and darkness the whole time and how he will be an ally of the light. He literally co-opted Q's message. 
I mean, it's it's really hilarious because these are such boilerplate terms: light and darkness, this, that, and the other thing. Um, I, I, just the end of this Q drop: all assets deployed, information warfare, infiltration, destruction of America. Have faith in humanity. Have faith in yourself. United, we stand. God wins. Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Are you going to put your back into it, motherfucker? Are you going to do some work? All he, he screams, all caps, all assets deployed. That means the deep state is throwing everything in the kitchen sink at us. That the cabal is doing all they can to win this election and, and take down Donald Trump and reverse the success of the patriots and begin the process by which they destroy America and usher in the reign of the Antichrist. And Q, in return has posted a couple times this month and once in a week and the one thing he posted in a week was the star fucking shit so on the one side we have the deep state really trying to win this thing and on the other side we have Q can't be bothered too old and too rich for this shit just the laziest asshole you could ever imagine so uh Team Cabal, hungry, sharp, determined, ready to win this thing. Team QAnon, lazy, apathetic, just sort of letting it happen. And if if they win, they win. I mean, that's just, uh, that's about it. I mean, it's just really, really uh, pathetic, the nature of our hero and savior of the world. So... Um, it's time for some questions from ye old uh, inquisitors, as it were. And what's awesome is the uh, question tweet has fallen off my screen somehow, some way, but that's not a problem. I will recover re it. And th the first question I have is about Terry Pratchett. What is your favorite Terry Pratchett book and why? And yes, I will absolutely judge your worth as a human being based on your answer. From a, a sweet slug. <laughs> the, the answer is I've never read a Terry Pratchett book. I'm a terrible human being. Uh, my value as a human being is obviously diminished in your eyes and I acknowledge and accept that because I am a bad person who is not uh, that up on uh, my my reading, as it were. So, 
I can't help you on that front. I, I've never read Discworld. I have friends who've been into that kind of stuff. Uh, I know that I know of him and I know of his work, but I have never uh, partaken of it because I'm really I haven't read a lot recently. I'd say in the last ten years, I've read so few books and very few, and even fewer of them have been fiction. I mostly just read history stuff, political stuff. Uh, that's kind of my speed. Um, I tried to read the Game of Thrones books, and after like the first half of the first book, I just kind of gave up because George R. R. Martin's like style of writing it was just a little too Tolkien-y for me. And Tolkien, I read Lord of the Rings when I was in my early 20s. I read it when the movies were coming out, and uh, oh man, Tolkien is a slog. So this that kind of thing, I'm just not. Uh, I'm just not that literary in that sense. If people want to give me books, I'll try to read them. But most of my reading is media, news, information, sports, sports ball stuff, and that kind of thing. Uh, and so I apologize for having failed you and society. Um, Keiju, or Kaiju, Pacific Rim reference potentially, says... Uh, do you think the main Q cryptors will continue to distance themselves from the Save the Children rallies, or will the White Hats magically take control of the false flag and let it be a symbol of their growth? Uh, I think it really depends to them if the um, if they think they can get their hooks into it. Because Save the Children is a hook. It's just a thing they throw out there as a way to lure someone into QAnon. It's a way to get a fish to bite. But Save the Children is such a vague catch-all term that it led them to uh, have a fish bite on the hook and then spit it out or break the line and just get away. Because you don't have to worship Donald Trump and want Hillary Clinton to be executed in order to save the children. Now, the Save the Children people might uh, convince you to vote for Trump at some point, but again, it's very surface level. They're, they're staying out of the adrenochrome and the weird shit and all that kind of stuff. So when you have these, like, uh, hippy-dippy... Uh, yoga, New Age, Save the Children rallies, they're attacking this, like, ephemeral idea of child trafficking and just, like, the vague concept of Hollywood as a bad idea, as a bad thing. Which, to, like, your average blue-pilled normie boring person would mean, like, Michael Jackson or just someone else, like Kevin Spacey, just a bad person who has been accused of bad things. You wouldn't think of, like, Tom Hanks or Ellen DeGeneres or all the monsters, everyone, literally everyone in Hollywood just being a blood-drinking sociopath. So the fact is is that the, the transition from vague platitude to hardcore red-pilling isn't working out that well for them. So... They're very angry about that. But if they can get the Save the Children stuff to lead people into QAnon, they'll take it. They'll gladly take it. I don't think they want to be associated with movements that don't uh, 
have a hardcore pro-Trump, anti-Democrat mentality because that dilutes the brand and that would hurt them. So it will be interesting to see if they're able to like regain control of Save the Children in the future and be able to use it better to uh, promote and proselytize QAnon. Uh, Wing G, Will G says, uh, Wild Adventure, I just checked your feed, there's not a word about it, and you're holding on to this until tomorrow night? Spill. Uh, I'm sorry, I waited until the podcast. Uh, I am a bad person, uh, and I cannot uh, deny that. And, uh, Optimistic to a Fault says, Will you be addressing We Are the News Now versus Now That We Have Been Mentioned on the News Now? Everyone knows we are, uh, all batshit insane cult that the GOP refuses distance from. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, they, QAnon wants to have it both ways. They want to be the news and they want the news that reports on them to be a lie. They want to be the truth. And that's what really matters about Q in all contexts and all purposes. They are the truth. And everything around them is a lie and a deception as foretold by the Antichrist. So that's what they're going for. And that's what they want. Um, as for the GOP refusing to distance themselves from QAnon, that's on the GOP. And may it bite them in the ass in the hardest way possible. They need to pay for their association with uh, QAnon. Mr. Martin says, as a Christian, I'm often shocked by how many people say they're believers and follow Q. Not being from America myself, do you think that there is something in a lot of American churches that facilitates or at least doesn't deter people from being sucked into that conspiracy? I don't think a lot of the church understands how QAnon is co-opting Christianity. I think that uh, people don't know about Q enough to argue against it. And that's really the big thing, is that the more proactive people are about QAnon, the better off everyone will be. And the problem is, is that if you are a uh, pastor at a church, like, how tight is your relationship with your congregation? And how internet savvy are you? How knowledgeable are you about things like QAnon? And if you're political and you see QAnon, you might not know the Christian side of it. You might just hear the platitudes like God wins and the armor of God and think, well, this QAnon stuff is talking about God and talking about good stuff and talking about being a soldier for God. So what's the harm in it? And then you find out later. You find out later that, oh, the harm is that it's really fucking bad and it's a brain-eating parasite. So that is kind of the issue there. Um, so I think that the fact that QAnon is aggressively American political-based is the first and biggest problem. And the other thing is, is just that it's insidious. It's under the radar for the people that uh, need to know about it to save people from the uh, uh, trap of QAnon. So hopefully with more news coverage and hopefully with more media presentation, uh, right-minded people of faith can uh, steer people in their congregations away from QAnon and uh, make churches a safe space against this nonsense. 
Um, Skeptical Penguin says, if Trump loses and leaves office, do you think he'll turn to the Q crowd and become the ultimate Q grifter, embrace them fully, monetize it, and essentially play his role as Q+, leading them in a revenge plot against the deep state, maybe through his own TV network? Uh, That's very possible. I think it's absolutely possible that he... I mean, he's going to be... He's a, he's a born grifter. He's a born grifter out to make a buck no matter what. And it's very possible that after he leaves office, he could be like, oh, yeah, I, I was working with Q. Q was a great guy and all that. And he could do it. And and the thing about it is is that the people that follow him would absolutely uh, just buy in because they want to buy in and they want to keep the LARP going. Michael Flynn would be on the phone with him immediately because Michael Flynn knows the Q is where his bread is buttered. And he'd be like, okay, Don, don't ruin my scam for me. Here's how, here's how we play this, buddy. Here's how we do it. Here's how we get paid. Here's how we get the money from all the idiots. I could totally see the Donald Trump, Michael Flynn uh, traveling roadshow where they just uh, fleece the rubes using QAnon and having OAN, which is rebranded as Trump TV, as their... Uh, messaging center that is all entirely possible so um i don't doubt it i don't doubt that that could happen so uh, that is the questions from normal sane people who asked me great questions that i answered as well as i could in a pretty concise fashion and this podcast is now entering its 35th minute, so I've given you vultures all the content that you usually get from me, so I don't feel guilty about this, but if you wish to leave the world of sanity, if you wish to leave now and save yourself my unbelievably uh, self-aggrandizing, navel-gazing bullshit, do so. Escape. Think better of poker and politics as being a good person who is not just talking into a microphone to hear the sound of their own voice. Because if you continue, if you stray down this dark road and listen to me talk about this next question, God help help you. (laughs) This person sent me this question and the moment they sent it to me I was like, you just just ruined my podcast. You just broke me. Oh my God, you prick. (laughs) So, uh, Chairman Chairman Walkman, uh, the world's most terrible person, uh, says to me, question, Corpo, Nomad, or Street Kid? And if you don't get this reference, these are the origin stories of your character in the video game Cyberpunk 2077 that is coming out in November. And uh, the moment they said that to me, I was like, oh my god. Um, My answer is going to be entirely too verbose and long-winded. So, um, basically... uh, these three classes or these three origin stories nomads are people who live outside of the main city of the game and just kind of live that outsider lifestyle where they they don't deal with the city that much and they have bonds in their community they're basically rural folk and uh cyberpunk 27 is set in a uh, dystopian corporatocracy hell of an incredibly urban environment so you're kind of an outsider but you have connections to that outside world that can help you in certain ways Street kids are basically low-level criminals, and um, they have those contacts with gangs and other local muscle and whatnot, will you? And the corpo is someone who was actually in the uh, halls of power in the Aristaka Corporation, the biggest and most powerful corporation in Night City, 
and then you get uh, betrayed in the cutthroat world of uh, corporate uh, inter- intrigue, and that's why you are now the character that plays the game outside of the corporation's uh, hierarchy. So the question is to me is which one of these backstories is going to uh, fit my character from the game. So uh, my character in the game is going to be modeled after the character from the uh, card game Netrunner, which is a cyberpunk dystopian corporatocracy based world. So it blends perfectly in the cyberpunk 2077. And that character is uh, chaos theory who is a young woman who is genetically modified and has uh, brain ports, and her computer is uh, is cased in a plush green dinosaur named Dinosaurus. And uh, she will be my character, and I'll have to try to design her to look as good as possible. And her backstory in Netrunner is that she is a, a hacker who does it for the lols, or like does it as an achievement. There are three kinds of uh, hackers or runners in Netrunner. Uh, There are anarchists who are trying to destroy the corporate dystopia. There are criminals who are trying to make a buck fighting the corporate dystopia. Just because they're just out for the money. And then there are the shapers who are just doing it because they can do it. And they're testing themselves as uh, hackers and uh, investigators. And Chaos Theory is a shaper. So she was just doing it for the lulls. And her backstory also contains the fact that she is the daughter of two uh, Indian males. Um, she, they seem to be living a middle-class lifestyle in the dystopian hell world. And uh, there's like a card that involves like her dinosaurs being broken, and you can see her, her parents arguing in the background, and. Uh, the flavor text is linked to the effect that she would do anything if she could just like make her parents stop fighting. You're, you're a child and you hate it when your parents fight. It makes you sad to see that the people that you that love you and that you love are are not happy with each other. So uh, my mindset with Chaos Theory is that she uh, became a corpo. That her prodigious hacking skills eventually led uh, her to um, get an offer from Aristocra Corporation. And she became a corpo, and then she got uh, screwed over. And that's why she's now where she is on the outside looking in. And at the start of the game, my mentality is that she, her reaction to this event was just, well, that's just hardball in the corporate world. People throw elbows. That's life. I'm going to do a few jobs. I'm going to do some work. And I'm going to get myself back into the corporate uh, power structure sooner or later. Might even get a little revenge on those dirtbags who did this to me, but hey, all's fair in love and corporations. So uh, we'll work it out. So that's how I'm going to, that's going to be my backstory. That's going to be my character. That's how I'm going to play my character. And uh, we'll see how the story unfolds around that vision of mine. And if I feel like the character needs to change their mindset as uh, events unfold. Because that's kind of the fun of these games, is that you don't really actually have to roleplay the character. The character can just do whatever the hell you want them to do. They don't need to have, like, a uh, storyline that you give them. But it's it's fun if you do it. So I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, the game seems to be incredibly replayable, so I probably will at some point make a nomad and make a street kid. 
and um, play the game in different play styles from like just brutal uh, hand-to-hand combat fighter to like stealthy hacker person. But yeah, uh, incredibly looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077, as you obviously can tell by my uh, answer to this question. So that will be a lot of fun when that game comes out. I've pre-ordered it. I will be in the store immediately to obtain my copy uh, the night of its release. So that is ye old pody cast for this evening. Uh, probably try to do another one Friday. Uh, just going to try to keep getting three of these out a week. Uh, really sorry that my schedule has been so wonky. Just things happening. Last night was a shit show. Uh, the power went out in my house for about three hours. And then it came back on, and then we lost power again for, like, five minutes. Came back, everything was good. Then we lost power for a minute, and then it came back, and then it was good. And then we lost power for ten minutes, and then it came back, and it was good. And I just threw my hands up and was like, well, I'm not going to record a podcast under these conditions, because... I don't want to be 40 minutes into a podcast and power down and then I've lost everything and now I'm just like homicidal. So I'm going to try to do another one Friday hopefully and then try to do the Sunday podcast and then just just get back into the swing of things and try to keep things on the right schedule but uh, work's crazy so I can make no promises but I'm going to I'm going to do what I can to crank out the content and keep stuff rolling. So much stuff is going on right now. It's crazy. It's wild. Uh, It's very exciting, very terrifying. Uh, The dread of this election hangs over all of us like a knife, all that fun stuff. But yeah, so uh, stay safe. Have a good one. I will catch you all soon. And uh, that's it. That's all I can say. Running out, just totally bricking this landing. So I'm just going to hit the stop button and end the podcast. Have a good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.